Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. I want to talk to you tonight about what makes Christmas so special. What makes Christmas so special? If you have your Bible tonight, go with me to uh, Luke chapter 2. Really encourage you, if you've never read the Christmas narrative, it's found in Matthew chapter 1 and 2 and Luke chapter 1 and 2. And if you've never read the Christmas dialogue, I'd encourage you to do it. I think it'll really encourage you. But tonight, I want to read a few verses to you. If you're new to church, we're going to go to Luke chapter 2. I'm going to read, uh, I think, five verses tonight. And after I read those five verses, we're going to pray. And after I pray, I'm going to tell maybe a couple stories, shorter than usual. Usually, they're kind of dad jokes. I have kids. And as soon as we wrap that up, I try to get into the context of, uh, of what we're sharing tonight. But uh, tonight I really want to focus on this kind of key word, uh, uh, Christ, this key word Christ. In Luke chapter 2, where we're going to read, uh, it talks about an angel delivering a message to some shepherds, and that's what we're going to pick up tonight. We're going to read five verses, and I want to talk to you about what makes Christmas so special. What makes it so, someone say, special. Awesome. Luke chapter 2, if you're there, say I'm there. If you don't have a Bible, you can look up on the screen. We should have it up on the screens for you. There it is. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 8. It says this. Now there was in the same country shepherds living out in the fields. Shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord actually shined around them, and they were greatly afraid. They were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid for behold i bring you i love this good good news good tidings of great joy which will be for some people come on someone say all people ken was the only one that passed that test for all people for there is one born in this this day in this city of david a savior who is christ who is christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you that you will find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloth, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was a great multitude of angels, a heavenly host, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. If I could start off tonight by just apologizing to anyone in the room that's ever heard the good news shared in a negative way, I want you to know that the gospel literally translates good news. And I think that one of the greatest tragedies of the, of the Western world is many preachers have made good news sound okay, or even worse, have made good news sound bad. The message of Jesus Christ, come on, say it with me, is good news. It's good news. So we're going to pray tonight. We're going to have a good time. Lord, I just thank you for the next several moments that you would just be with us. I pray as you remind us the reason for tonight and for this season that, God, your presence would come in this room. I pray whether we would say that we're far from God or maybe we don't believe in him, or we're here tonight and we're open to what God is doing. Maybe we're here tonight we've been following you passionately. I ask you to meet us where we are. I pray you lead us into where you want us to be. I pray we have an amazing week of Christmas, celebrations, relaxing, getting refreshed. And I pray, Lord, that you would help the Lakers beat the Warriors on Christmas Day. In Jesus' name, for your glory. Come on, someone said amen. Amen, amen. There's a bit of division in my house, my my, uh, my, my in-laws have discipled my, uh, my oldest daughter into being a Golden State Warriors fan. And uh, I grew up going to Lakers games in the form in Inglewood, California. 
And uh, we didn't have a lot of money growing up. My, uh, my dad, uh, he was a mailman, and, and uh, he would save up every year to take us to games. And we would literally sit in the very top seat of the form in Inglewood, California. I had to take elevation medication before we went and uh, get nosebleeds up there. And we'd have binoculars watching the game. But I, I've learned this, and I, I've said this, uh, I want to say this to somebody, is I've learned this, that watching the greatest athletes on the world perform from the very top of an arena is a completely different experience than actually being on the floor. And at uh, the beginning of the season, I had friends that's, that's a buddy with, with the bus family and got us floor seats uh, about, I don't know, probably about a month ago, two months ago. And sitting right there and seeing how big, how strong, and how fast, uh, went to one game in Salt Lake City and uh, sat on the floor. And, and uh, the, the, the guy uh, that worked on the floor there, the security guy, said, last night, LeBron James fell on the guy in this seat. I said, Lord, do it again. And uh, they weren't playing that night, but it was a special time. But you know what's funny? It was the same sport I watched as a child, the same environment I went to as a child. But you know what was different is my proximity to the action. And I believe that many people in the, in the church today, they, they're, they're bored with their faith. Maybe they're a little bit disgruntled with Christianity or the Bible. And they think that God is boring, faith is boring, church is boring. And my suggestion to you would be is maybe it's not. Maybe it's your proximity to the action. I believe the closer you get to God, the more consumed you are with passion. And I believe that the closer you get to God, the more passionate you will get in life. Can I get a good amen? People say, what's so special about Christmas, man? And I believe that, that Christmas is special on a, on a, on a multitude of le- uh, levels and reasons. But I want to hash out three of them with us tonight. And we're going to sing some carols here. The first reason I believe that Christmas is so dynamic, it is so special, is because the promise of Christmas was the angel came to shepherds, which by the way, there's a message within a message here, that the fact that God could have announced himself to any people group on the earth, but God goes to the very lowest social economic people group of the earth. Shepherds were a slight notch above lepers. They were despised. They were looked down upon. They would be, they would be the, the wrong side of the railroad tracks type of people. And when God comes to, to invade the earth with his goodness, his love, and his kindness, he doesn't show up at Laguna Beach. Come on, somebody said he should have. Come on. He didn't show up at Laguna Beach. He didn't show up at the Monarch uh, Resort or the Montage. God showed up. Come on. And he came to the Antelope Valley. He came to Barstow. Come on. He came to Moreno Valley. He, he showed up in the backside of a field. I'm from Palmdale. I can say that. Can I get an amen? And he showed up to the desert. He showed up to this place, and these shepherds were in a field. And God comes to the lowest of the low when he could announce it to the highest of the high. And I believe that God doesn't have a problem with people that are up and out, but I do believe that he wants to make a point that if God can reach people that are at the lowest level, he can also reach people at the highest level. Can I get a, come on, can I get a real amen? If I can't get a Pentecostal amen, I'll take a Baptist head nod. Take a Presbyterian eyebrow raise. Give me a Latter-day Saint deep breath. Come on, give me something. Tonight, I want to tell you that the good news of Jesus Christ is, is that he came not to the rich, but to the poor. And he came not to those that had everything figured out, but he came to those that didn't have anything figured out. And he said, guys, I got good news for you, through an angel. He says, I got, I got good news. And the announcement goes something like this, fear not, good news, great joy, all people. Catch those four things. This is the message of Christianity. You don't have to live scared. I'm not scared of death. I'm not scared of what the future holds, because I know who holds the future. I don't live in fear, I live in faith. Can I get an amen? And not only do I know these four things, is that I don't have to fear, is number two, I, got, I know this, that the message of Jesus Christ is good news. The angel says, look, fear not, number two, 
good news I announce to you. And this good news, you know what it leads to? It will leak into your soul great joy. And I believe that Christians that don't have joy are an oxymoron. Are you hearing me? It's like saying a happily married, unhappy couple. This doesn't make any sense. You see, I believe that when you get close to Jesus and you get filled with his Holy Spirit, that there is a joy that comes into you when you receive the good news. I think many people are rich in knowledge of the good news, but they're poor in experience. God doesn't want you just to know about the intricacies of theology and say, I believe in the Bible in John 3, 16, sports centers verse. Uh, God so loved the world that he gave. I believe that God doesn't want you just to know it up here. I believe that God wants you to know it in your knower right here. My grandpa was a preacher. My grandma was a preacher. They actually went to China and Japan, started some of the first churches in that part of, of the world. And, and my grandpa used to always say this thing. He says, most people miss heaven by about 12 inches. The distance from their head to their heart. And I believe many people have a head knowledge of God, but they never had a heart experience. And tonight, I believe some of you are like, you're in a position that you think the gospel is bad news. You're living in fear. Or how about number three, is you don't realize that you can live life with joy. You see, there's a difference between happiness and joy. Happiness comes from the word happenings. So what's happening in your life determines your happiness. But the difference between joy and happiness is that joy is not, it's not contingent on what's happening. It's a state. It's a mental framework that I, am I getting, I'm sorry, this is Christmas Eve. I've got to settle down. Am I too fired up tonight for Christmas Eve service? I just, I'm sorry, I'm going to preach it how I feel it tonight. Is that all right? I just believe this, that many people, they live with just what's happening in their life. I'm happy when something's happening. But six days out of the week and pretty much 28 days out of the month when nothing significant is happening. And I'm comparing my average life to everyone's highlight reel on Instagram. And I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit discouraged that someone's in the Bahamas right now. Who hates that guy right now? I'm comparing my life to the person that just went shopping and has 14 bags of, of clothes from some expensive store. And I'm, I'm looking from my office while I'm working at someone that's doing something that I would love to be doing. And I don't feel happy because that isn't happening. And I got good news for you tonight that Christianity is not about happenings. It's about joy. You see, good news will get into your soul. And when good news gets into your soul, joy will begin to flow out of you. People say, man, there's something different about you. Why are you happy even when life is challenging? I have joy. The Bible says it's the joy of the Lord that is our strength. I think many people don't realize that joy and strength are the same. That when you live a life of joy, you live a life of strength. I don't want to live a weak life. I want to live a strong life. How do you live strong? You live with joy. Amen. So tonight, to dial it back a little bit, Mark, so I'll scare everybody on the first Christmas Eve service, is I believe that the angels announced, fear not, good news of great joy. And watch number four, it's to all people. It's to all people. You know, John 3.16 says, for God so loved the church. Come on, help me out, Ken. God so loved the world. Do you know that, that we think sometimes that God only cares about people that believe the right way? In our, in, I'll be honest, some of us think if, if you vote the right way, if you're the right, you're the right party, you, you dress the right way, you, 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 you do all the right things. I actually believe this, that many people get things uh, mixed up and, and twisted in the fact that I actually want you to know this, that God doesn't just love people that, that, that love him. God doesn't just love people that look like him, act like him, talk like him. 
God is crazy about all of his kids. And I want you to know that if I had, let's just say I had 10 kids, which isn't true, praise God. But if I did have 10 kids, I went on a camping trip, lost all of them. And after about 30 minutes, I'm calling, hey, kids, come back. Stop acting crazy. And one comes back, and two comes back, and three comes back. I want to be honest with you. If six out of my 10 kids come back to the campsite, I don't load up the family station wagon, drive down the mountain, walk into my living room and say, Rochelle, good news. I lost all the kids, but I found six out of 10 of them. Six out of 10 isn't bad. I want you to know that when it pertains to the salvation, the saving of humanity, God is not content with only some people knowing his love. God has a heart for all of his kids, all people, go into all the world, preach the the gospel to all nations. He says that God's desire is for all humanity to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. For God so loved all the world. And here the angel says, fear not, good news, great joy for all people. Tonight I want you to know that if you're sucking oxygen in one of these colorful seats, in this theater, listening to a preacher that's wearing his wife's jeans. I got news for you tonight. Why are you laughing? That hurts. Your wife, your wife slacks. I want you to know that you fit into the category of all people, of all people. And God loves you tonight, and he has good news for you tonight. And when his good news invades your mind and your heart, it'll actually, it'll actually evict fear from the perpetual state of living. And I believe that you can live the rest of your life without fear of the future, without fear of failure, without fear of losing things or things happening, because joy is not based on happenings. Here's the last three things I would land on before I have Stacy come up. Actually, Stacy, you could come up right now and help me finish this up, because whenever, whenever a piano player comes up at the end of a preacher's message, that's the cue that things are getting ready to wind down. It says that, uh, I want you to say what makes, uh, I want you to just catch this, what makes Christmas so special is, is uh, Christ in the, uh, in the Greek language means Christos, which literally means anointed or anointed one. And in the Old Testament, they didn't use the word Christos. They actually used a different word, but it, translates, it, it actually translates Messiah. The word anointed translates Messiah. 39 times in the Old Testament, it, it's used Messiah. And 37 out of the 39 times literally translates anointed one, anointed one, Messiah and anointed one. And I, I believe this, that the, the, Christian, uh, the Christian Christmas narrative, that's, that's fun to say, uh, the narrative of Christmas is a narrative of peace, and here I'm going to wrap this up full circle here, is I actually believe that what makes Christmas so dynamic is that the anointed one, Jesus Christ, came into the world, and when it says that he was the anointed one, by the way, Christ was not Jesus' last name. Are you following me? Some of us think, what was Jesus' last name? It was Jesus Christ. It wasn't Jesus Christ. Christ, <laughs> it's a joke, a theological joke. We'll keep going. Um, but Christ was not his last name. Christ was his title. That was who he was. He was the anointed Messiah. And what's so significant about this is in the Old Testament, in the days of antiquity, only three types of people were anointed. Only three types of people. It was, it was priests, it was prophets, and it was kings. In Bible days, only three groups of people were ever anointed. It was priests, it was prophets, and it was kings. And I want you to know that Jesus came into the world as our priest, as our prophet, and as our king. And the good news of Christmas is these three things. If you want to write it down, I want you to write these three things down. Get them in your soul. Is why is the Christmas message good news? I'll tell you why. Because Jesus came into the world as the anointed priest. The anointed priest priest. Actually, let me start with prophet. Is that okay? The anointed prophet. I think that's the way they have it up on the screens. Anointed prophet. You know what prophet means? It literally means that you have the ability to hear God. 
I got good news for you today. What's the good news of Christianity, Mark? Is that we don't serve a God that's still in the grave. We don't serve a God that's in a, a, a mausoleum, a mausoleum, a mausoleum, there it is, that's coming. Check was in the mail, I knew it was coming. Mausoleum, he's not in some, he's not in some air-conditioned, cooler cellar somewhere. His grave is empty. And my grandma sat in a Buddhist temple in India, and she sat down having tea with the Buddhist priest. And they were very cordial, my grandma was very loving and nice to him. And the Buddhist priest looked at my grandma with, with intent eyes, And he said, what makes your Jesus different than my Buddha? And my grandma very firmly at 23 years of age looked at him as a single missionary woman and said, what makes my Jesus different than your Buddha is we can go to where your God is buried. We can't go to where my God is buried because he is no longer in the grave. We serve a God that's still alive. Watch this, still speaks, still loves, and still directs the affairs and lives of human beings. I got good news for you tonight that the anointed Christ is our prophet that still speaks to us. That's fake, Mark. God doesn't speak anymore. Read your Bible, John 10.10. Let me help you out. The thief comes to still kill the story, but God came to give life and life more abundantly. He goes on and says, I think it's verse 46. Jesus says, and my sheep know my voice. I got good news for you tonight that you can know God's voice. John 10.27. Not only can you know God's voice and and hear hear his voice. Number two, the anointed Christ came not only as as our prophet, he came as our priest. You see, in Bible days, if you would have been born in the ancient world and you were Jewish, only priests had the opportunity to go into the presence of God. Before Jesus died on the cross, the Ark of the Covenant, if you've seen uh, Indiana Jones, you're in good shape. But the Ark of the Covenant actually dwelled behind about a six-foot deep curtain in the Holy of Holies that was in the temple. And once a year, on the Day of Atonement, a priest would go in and take the blood from all the animal sacrifices of the people and would take this blood and this this little paintbrush and he would walk in with with a rope on his leg, with a bell on his garment, and he would sprinkle blood seven times from the altar on the mercy seat between the two angels by the way I feel like preaching in a second here and he sprinkles blood between the two angels and the ark of the covenant and if God back in the ancient world received the, the, the sacrifice the priest would leave the manifest presence of God alive but if God didn't accept the sacrifices he would die before the ark, the, 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 before the ark of the covenant and the bell would sound and someone would pull him out from behind the veil but what you notice when you read the narrative of Jesus is that when he died on the cross it says the veil of the temple was torn from top to bottom you see when Jesus ascended on high he actually let the presence of God out to all people no longer would it just be accessible to priests to pastors to popes but now through the new covenant of Jesus blood Check this out. When Jesus rose from the grave, watch this. There wasn't one. There was two angels. And listen to me. His sacrifice, his blood was poured out between two angels. And no longer do we need the blood of animals to pay for our sins and our mistakes. But the blood of the perfect lamb was shed once and for all. You see, in the the Genesis narrative, mankind sinned. And they sinned in the garden. And if you don't realize this, when you read the book of John, it says that Mary came to the, to the empty tomb and she saw Jesus and she thought Jesus was the gardener. 
because the story is way deeper than what meets the eyes. God is bringing us back to the garden. He's bringing us back to knowing him, hearing his voice, knowing his presence. He's not only our prophet, he is our priest. And we have access to his presence because of the work of Jesus on the cross. And finally, number three, he's not only our prophet, he's not only our our priest, he is, he is our number, number three, he's our king. He is our king. Revelations 19 says that when Jesus returns on his robe, it actually says on his thigh. Some scholars speculate it might be a tattoo. It says the king of kings and it says the Lord of lords. I want you to know that the anointed Christ came to the world, listen to me, not only so you could hear God, not only number two, you can know his presence, but number three, that you could live your life trusting his lordship. I want you to know that if God isn't Lord of everything, he's not Lord of anything. And I want you to know the greatest place you can live your life in is saying, God, I'm sucking oxygen. I'm walking on earth, not for my agenda, but for whatever it is you have for me. We're going to sing these last songs tonight. But I want to challenge you as, as, a loving, as a loving brother, son, friend, that I believe that the greatest thing we can get out of Christmas is we can remember what makes Christmas special. Jesus is my anointed priest. He is my anointed past prophet, and he is my anointed king. Would you stand your feet with me tonight? Let's sing some songs. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.
Thanks for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.
Thanks for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.